Let's play some trivia. Chris, what cigar manufacturer was founded in 1895 and has roots in Cleveland, Ohio? Uh, <laughs> J.C. Newman. That is correct. <laughs> Second question. Yeah. Which cigar manufacturer still produces cigars in their 112-year-old factory in Tampa, Florida? Jason Newman. Ah, uh, correct again. Yep. All right, last one. Okay. Can you go three for three? Probably. Who are the creators of the Diamond Crown, Brick House, and the American Cigar? Jason Newman. That is right. Gosh, you know what? They say you look dumb, but you're pretty smart. Trivia is my thing. I like it. To explore everything J.C. Newman has to offer and a chance to win a free Diamond Crown whiskey set, visit jcnewman.com forward slash hot ticket. The whiskey set includes two Diamond Crown whiskey rocks glasses, whiskey rocks, and a set of tongs. All the hardware you need for a perfect drink. Again, enter a chance to win by visiting www.jcnewman.com forward slash hot ticket. Do you realize that half the shit you say is not based in reality or science? You're like, yeah, it was like a thing in Kentucky. It was, uh, they had an epidemic. It was a pink eye epidemic that happened in Kentucky. It was like a real not, thing. You know, it hit, it hit local news and everything. I'm not making it up hit rabbit hash story. local news. <laughs> I'm not making up the story. Oh, are you not? Okay. Let's see if we can find it. Pink eye breakout Kentucky. Well, that's probably actually happened. Probably like back in the fucking 40s and it was towards like uh may i think it was some of the schools here northwest kentucky the perils of pink eye signs and symptoms of pink eye by the way this is what i i typed in pink eye breakout kentucky the mm-hmm. first one is kids health pink eye conjunctivitis for parents oh, like preventative measures viral conjunctivitis this is just a stat website yeah called ncbi Nothing about Kentucky. Uh, Western Kentucky University, conjunctivitis, pink eye. Just gives a definition. It has nothing about. I can't find anything. Literally nothing. And you said it was May? It was around May. Yeah, it was towards the end of the school year. Like Kelly Elementary, um, Burlington. I'm sure that hit. Public City Schools. Dude, I'm not kidding you. If you Google it, nothing comes up. No, we're not very big. <laughs> you bet your ass if it was a California public city school, it would be on the news. Probably not, though, you know, because it's pink eye and it's... I just don't feel like it's nothing, like, completely outside of the norm that it warranted news. That would be my guess. Yeah, but let's not let's not call it an epidemic, you know, if it didn't even hit news. Dude, there's a bunch of kids they're, with it. They're calling monkeypox a pandemic. Already? And, and like 14 people have it. Yeah, I know. And by the way, you can only have it by fucking. That's like but, literally the only way you can get it. But the only reason it made news is because it's called monkeypox. Because if it was anything but that, it wouldn't even get media coverage because it doesn't even sound new. No, it's you know? not even it's not even that. It's because when COVID winds down, the media gotta, had to be like, we gotta know we gotta we have, have, something. To have something else to really fucking shake shit up. So here's yeah. this monkeypox thing that has affected 14 people, by the way, they're all fine. Yeah. Who gives a shit? But let's let's not call pink eye a pandemic. Let's not call it a Kentucky pandemic. Let's call it let's not even call it a northern Kentucky pandemic. Can I call it an outbreak? There was probably six kids in the entire school district that came down with pink eye. Probably. Probably. And how did Kale get it? Did he pick his finger in his butt? No, I've been warning this little fucker. I don't. I don't know how you get pink eye. By the way, I have all these definitions on these websites, but I'm still not sure. Usually viral, but you can get it bacterially. But my thinking, I've been warning this child, my beloved little boy, about yeah. his nasty habits. Yeah. And the one thing he's been doing for months now, and I'm not sure if it's an ADHD tick or what it is, but he's been licking his fingers. Ew, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And then rubbing his own spit into his eyeballs. Ew, why? I don't know. Ew. He says his eyes uh, feel dry. So I'm like, okay, well, if that's the case, but there's more effective ways of moisturizing your eyes than doing that. So I did eye drops, right? And so I, I kept doing eye drops for him to remedy the issue. 
But I said, quote unquote, to my nine-year-old child, kid, if you don't stop doing this, you are going to get pink eye. <laughs> Look who has fucking pink eye. Oh, uh, because he's spitting his hands and rubs now, it fucking eyeball. I'm not. I'm not questioning the cleanliness of his saliva. I'm questioning the cleanliness of his hands. Yeah, for the shit he's been touching, and then licking his fingers, and then just smearing it around. Well, what if like he? A, what if he touched his butthole and then licked his fingers and then put it in his eye? Right. Right. Ugh. Right. You get poop I'm fingers. I'm going to have a talk with my nephew. This cannot be allowed. Yeah. He is kind of a dirty little kid. You know what I mean? Like, remember that one time he just fell in dog shit and it was all over his shirt and he was like, look at this. Yeah. He gave no like, shit. You know, most literally. people would freak out if they were covered in dog shit. He was the only kid that was like, oh, it's fun when it mushes between. Didn't care, I'm, man. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Didn't care. Oh, my God. But I'm going to say it, dude. You motherfuckers are always sick. So basically, at this point, the craziest thing I've ever seen. He's in the early stages in the movie Twenty Eight Days Later, when he, they they like start freaking out a little bit, and then their eyes turn red, like blood red. Teeth soon. Yeah. And then he's gonna start running at rapid speeds. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to decapitate him before then. Dude, what the fuck? I don't want to get infected. It's so crazy. That's just what I, I don't know. You know, it is what it is, yeah. I guess. It's just gross, you know? Ugh. God, he's so filthy. You think he's going to grow out of it sometime soon? What is he, nine? Nine and yeah. a half? Getting perched at nine and a half? It's got to be a day where it just ends, you know? Where he stops fingering his butt or spitting in his hand. Like, where do you, and, you know what, though? You know what, though? The funny thing about that is yeah, <laughs> he's going to have this obsession with spitting in his hand. Yeah, no. He's going to do that in front of some hot girl when he's like 17. Yeah. And they're going to go, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. He, we need to curb that. You know, that's got, does it now, does he understand the repercussions at this point? I mean, I told him, don't spit in your hand and fucking poke your eyeball. Yeah. I told him, I was like, bud, this is day one. I can't even imagine what tomorrow is going to be like. Oh yeah. Because conjunctivitis bacterially, if that's what it's from, which it sounds like it is. If it is, that's when it gets all like pussy and gross. That's when it mm-hmm. starts like leaking and getting mm-hmm. like creepy. Mm-hmm. Ew. Dude. I don't. Do you remember having pink eye as a kid? I never remember getting pink eye. I think I had it once and I was real little. I was probably yeah, like you were not pre, pre double digits. You know what I'm saying? Like pre yeah. double digits. Yeah. I don't ever remember having. It. I don't remember having it. Like, I can't remember it. So if I can't remember it, I'm sure I haven't actually had it. I mean, I've had itchy eyes, but that's allergies, you know? My eyes have gotten puffy and red and gross, but... Yeah. Yeah, I really can't recall any moment where that was, where I've had it. I remember chicken pox very vividly because we both got it at the exact same time. Yeah, because I had it in kindergarten and that was hell, man. I remember just all scabby and itchy. That was terrible. Chicken pox sucked. It was like cool to be off school for a week, but I remember just being miserable for like three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chicken pox is no fun. Damn, dude, that's so fucking gross. I told you. It's so I'm so glad. on top of that, he's got he got what I got. So you know, he's like he got this peddly cough thing going. Yeah. Slight congestion still. And he gets pink eye. Hmm. Like, that's what happens in zombie apocalypses. Like, people start feeling sick. Like, oh, feel so good. And they're like, oh, you know? Yeah. I'm going to have to decapitate my son's head off. Probably. Yeah. It's a real, it's an option you need to think about. Now, are you in a meth lab? Because it looks like you have like a cook light behind you. Mm, that's where a lizard is. It looks like you have like very opaque walls and you're just cooking. Like you have a little meth bin behind you. Yep, that's where Lemony is, the huh. mascot of the home. Cool. Lemony Cricket, the leopard gecko. Yeah, she's something else. How old is that? She's pretty old now. Six or seven. How long do they live? Mm, 15, 20. It's too long. Too long. Yeah, I'm going to eat her before then. Yeah, it's definitely too long. It's like birds. Never get a bird. Dude, birds are worth the best. Even the possibility that a bird can outlive you. 
or can outlive certain stages of your life, you got to get rid of like no birds. I just feel like a bird that doesn't get proper attention turns into the meanest malicious creature. But then also, how do you give a bird a proper attention? You know what I mean? It's like impossible. You got to hang out with it like a fucking human. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, I love hanging out with my dogs, but my dogs also on birds and they can't just fly around, you know? Yeah. They move around and they have a purpose. Like, I mean, what? If, Quincy bird, doesn't. Quincy's just, you know, it's just fun to look at and play with. But like Carlisle has a purpose. What does a bird have a purpose for? What does a bird do for you? They don't, they don't augment anything in your life, really. No. Like no one has a therapy bird. Well, I'm sure someone does. Actually, that that bitch that got on the plane that had the therapy peacock. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She took a goddamn peacock on a plane. Who does that? That's a big peacock. That's a fucking bold mood, man. Fucking bring a peacock on a plane. I mean, what if you just have a difference in personalities? Because birds have personalities. I think they're a little too intelligent, depending on the type of bird. They do. They really do have personalities, which is crazy. So it's like, yeah. What if they don't jive with you? But then you're still responsible for them. It's kind of like taking care of like an like a mother-in-law that you hate, and she hates you equally. But like, but you're both in this symbiotic relationship of dependency as well, where you have to take care of her needs, you know, because she's bedridden, but she refuses to go to nursing care or live with anybody else. A good point. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like. I don't want that relationship. I don't want a forced relationship with a with a creature, as even as much as a human being, where I don't like you, <laughs> and you yeah. don't like me. Like, why would I still want to be around you? Yeah, it's it's actually that's kind of an interesting take. Um, like I've told my mother in law before. Like Lauren and I have talked about getting, you know, a place with land and whatnot, and you know, I've said before, like. She's like, ah, oh, you make a mother-in-law sweet. I'm like, there's no fucking way you're living with me. You don't live with me, Carol. Ain't happening. So, you know, it's not happening. There's no way. I couldn't do it. But anyway, um, we got some cigar news. Good ones? Um, they're meaningful. I would suggest they're meaningful. So Drew Estate, mm-hmm. you know, remember the Liga 10, the anniversario that we, uh, that we reviewed, like however many years ago, it was like kind of the hard thing to find at the time yeah. they released them just in like small, like, what did they do? They did like a thing where it was just released. Um, was it, I, I can't remember if it was the H99 or this one. I think both of them were like the lottery stuff for the mm-hmm. different uh, Drew Diplomat lounges. Um, it's actually becoming a regular production. Whoa. The yeah. 10. Yeah. So the H99 is regular production. The 10 is going to be a regular production. And it's been out for quite some time. Like its original release was like fucking a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, I remember smoking it pre pandemic. So yeah. I remember yeah. pulling out of the boxes. I mean, you look at them like, oh, I thought nice. I remember reading something where it was like they didn't really have enough tobacco to sustain it, which is why they were parceling it out. But really, if you think about it, MSRP is pretty much in line with like most of the other league of stuff. It's just, you know, it's, MSRP of like 18 bucks. I guess it's a little bit more. I guess that is more at this point, but it is a towards six by 52. So it is expensive. I remember not being super thrilled by the cigar when we first had it. Yeah. I, I remember being somewhat underwhelmed, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's good because I feel like Drew Estate hasn't really released anything super meaningful on like a core lineup in a long time. Um, this year, they feel like they've, they've kind of bolstered that up. Like H99, of course, is one that's regular release. And then you have that new um, Nika Rustica, which is a regular release. And then now you have this, uh, this Liga um, 10 Anniversario. And uh, it's kind of cool to see like Drew Estate just being like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to stick some stuff out in the ether and see what happens. But you remember Mexican San Andreas binder, Nicaraguan Pennsylvania fillers, and it's got that beautiful Connecticut uh, wrapper on it, which is like dark and it's like very marbly. Um, at least that's what I remember by it. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be hitting shelves, which I think is um, is a good. I think is a good move on Drew Estate's part because they've really lacked in core releases for quite some time. It was like I hate to see something like this be just a limited thing. That's lottery, you know. It was. Mm-hmm. I think it was a lottery for certain shops. I think that's how they did it. Um, but yeah, now it's a, a regular release. Um, Crown Heads officially, in the same fashion as Drew Estate, is officially making the La Petitier 
a regular production release. So you remember the La Patissier only had that. Uh, it was a PCA release last year and it just had that brown ribbon on it. Um, now they actually have some artwork and design around it, but um, it's becoming a regular production cigar, which I think is fitting. You know, when I first smoked the La Patissier, it was one of those cigars. I was like, oh yeah, this is, I thought it was a good cigar, but I didn't think it was like insanely memorable. I thought it was just like one of those cigars you smoke and you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty fucking good. And then you just kind of move on with your day. Mm-hmm. As I smoked it more and more, I began to appreciate the flavors a little bit more. And of course, this is a, um, a Pachardo uh, cigar. So it's coming from that factory and it's, it's actually grown on me. I think I have like one or two left of the uh, original PCA release last year. So it's nice to see that crown has is like, Hey, we're going to make this a, uh, a full production release. And the, of course the Los Calaveras is the new ones coming out as well. So it's got that light blue band on it, which I think is cool. So I'm excited to smoke the new Los Calaveras and it's release coming out soon. So now you're starting to see the stuff trickle in. This mm-hmm. pre-PCA, here's what we're coming out with. A lot of the stuff is very meaningless. I don't think it's going to be that great. Everyone's doing the whole, oh, we've got this new Vitola we're going to shove in your face. Hope you like it. And then everyone's like, yeah, I don't really give a fuck about your new Vitola. I just want the same old stuff that's really delicious. Um, so you're going to see Vitola changes. You're going to see some of the special edition stuff coming out. Um, but Warp is announcing they have a new cigar coming out. And I've always, you know, what's weird is like, Warped is one of those companies that I very intently, almost like Crown Heads, I say I put Room on One in the same category where I very intently look for new releases. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I'm very focused on new releases. Not many brands that come out with like new releases. Also, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. That's another one where I'm like, Romacraft too. If there's a new release, I'm like, oh, I got to try that. You know, like I'm very, very excited about it. So Warped announces the Devil's Hand. Mm. Weird name. Don't know what it's associated to, but it's supposed to come out this fall. It's a Nicaraguan Puro. Oh, shocking. Where do we think it's from? I don't know. Probably Agonorsa. I haven't even looked at it yet. I'm looking at the screen right now. But when I look down, I'm going to read and I'm going to see where it's from. Reportedly, a Nicaraguan Puro will be offered in a 6x44 Corona Vitola. It's priced at $11, often 25, offered in 25 count boxes. It is made at Agonorsa. There you go. So a new brainchild of Kyle Gillis will be coming out as well. But you know what I got to say? I like most warp cigars. There's very few that I like. La Hacienda. So good, man. Like they're, I feel like the releases are just fucking always on what, point. The- I don't know what it is. They just, it's just like they, they hit more than they miss for sure. Yeah. What was the last one? The guardian of the farm. Um, it was well, kind of like a release an, release. That's technically an Agonorsa cigar. The guardian of the farm. Um, Kyle Gillis, the first series Kyle Gillis did with Agonorsa. Yeah, that's technically an Agonorsa cigar. Um, the last more what that that the the change up on the La Hacienda that we smoked. That yeah, happened. okay. So that was the one. You know, there's a new cigar call coming out called the Yaya. Didn't that stand for uh, at PCA? Isn't that a short form for vagina? Yeah, your Yaya. Yeah. And today, Lori finger banged her yaya. See what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what it is. So then you got that as a United Cigars um, <laughs> coming out with a yaya Ecuadorian Bono wrap a wrapper. It's a Dominican binder and three different Dominican fillers. But you know what, dude? I'm really enjoying again going back to Dominican cigars. I smoke the um that new uh uh chogui dose 77 corojo the other day mm-hmm. which is dominican mm-hmm. puro and i really like the original dose 77 you know i have just an affinity for dominican mm-hmm. tobacco especially dominican puros and i smoked that cigar and it was weird because i've also seen this but somebody i think it was cow messaged me and was like yeah it seems to be like a fairly polarizing cigar and and what i've read it would seem it's the same way but when i smoked it, it was fucking unbelievable the new one so good yeah that new chogi man that does 77 corojo is like for me it hit the spot but i can also see like dominican puro it's like a love hate thing i really do think there's like there's a palatability to it where it's like you either really dig the cigar or you really don't dig the cigar but it smoked beautifully effortless draw great burn and the flavors were awesome they weren't like there's no like drastic change-ups or anything like that in the cigar. It wasn't a roller coaster ride by any means, mm. but it was just really solid Dominican tobacco. And the things that I love in Dominican tobacco, that cigar gave me. And I was like, fuck, this is really good. But it seems to be 
given the reviews that are on the cigar and consumer um, opinions, it seems to be fairly, fairly polarizing. People are like, yeah, it's either really fucking good or meh, I can toss it to the side. Mm. That's interesting. Hmm. But you got the Yaya as well. Um, United Cigars that's coming out. Good shaved, yeah. I really don't really care about like I like don't care about United Cigars. They're usually pretty fucking expensive. I mean, depending, I don't know. It depends. Um, United distributes Byron, and they're fucking so pricey. Um, these aren't expensive. Eight eight ninety nine to nine ninety nine. So that's hmm. yeah. it's like the name. It's like wouldn't you want to smoke a cigar called Yaya? It's like you know what? Like you should be like, can't wait to get my lips on that Yaya. You know what I'm thinking of also? I yeah. can't wait to tongue fuck that yeah yeah. I'm thinking of yeah yeah from Sandlot. Yeah yeah. Oh, that's right. The kid. Yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Didn't he just say yeah yeah? Wasn't that just like his thing? His shtick was like the whole like yeah yeah. Right? Or was he named yeah yeah? Was there another kid that wasn't there another kid named based upon something he said all the time? That was yeah yeah. I think so. I mean yeah yeah, yeah is the little kind of like mix mix. It was because he would always say, if someone said something, he'd say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that right? I don't know. I think, I think we're thinking of the same person and I'm, I'm yeah. I know who he sure is. Sure he example. says, yeah, yeah. Like the smaller mixed kid. He's like Mexican or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I remember him. I think he just says, yeah, yeah. He's any, he, like, yeah, a, yeah. And, and so, it's like someone says like, isn't that right? Instead of saying, yeah, he'll go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's why he was called Yeah Yeah. Yeah, he's the one that uh I'm pretty um, sure, right? Came up with the idea to do a pool day where Squint's famously fake drowning so he could kiss the His literal name is Alan Yeah Yeah McClellan and Yeah Yeah spelled Y E A H dash Y E H. So it is because he said Yeah Yeah after everything. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Turned out to be a, <laughs> yeah, out to yeah. be a, a fairly handsome looking guy. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's built. Holy shit, that motherfucker is huge. Mm, yeah, dude, he is fucking jacked, and he looks exactly the same. He just looks like he ate six of him as a children, as a child. But a yaya is a vagina, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I shaved my yaya. Yeah, something. I feel like if I heard a, a Minnesotan say it, that they just shaved their hua, you know, or their yaya. I think that'd be fucking hysterical. Well, in the Philippines, a yaya is a woman employed by a family to look after a sick child or elderly person. So a nanny. A yaya is a nanny. Mm. Urban Dictionary. Um, nickname mostly for a Vagina. sometimes gets mistaken as antisocial, but she's not just quiet. So perch her because she's nice and very lovable. So like a yaya would be like a like an old like mistaken bitter woman kind of like the uh the pigeon lady in home alone okay probably, yeah probably a yeah 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 you know poor lady yeah, covered in birch uh, nothing to suggest that it has anything to do with the female anatomy i had a husband in a home in a home yeah do any children pigeons. no <laughs> whoever thought those pigeons would save the day you know I know, right? Those pigeons. How, how do I remember those lines? When he asks her if she has children, and she's like, "No." <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's like when you have those weird childhood associated movies, especially mm-hmm. ones that like. Think about it. You probably haven't watched the movie all the way through for quite some time, but when you were a child, you had seen it all the way through and intentionally paying attention to the movie probably 20 or 30 times. Mm-hmm. So it's really probably just your brain reflecting back on all those series of moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're all starting to like congregate in your brain. And then you can pick out the pieces. Like I do that. There's certain movies that I love and watch that I've seen so many times, even if I haven't seen them for a long time, I can recite very specific, specific things in the movies gotten to the point where there's movies in which I can say one character's line, say another character. And then if there is an ancillary character, like maybe there's a third or fourth that also chime in with all lines, I can say their lines too. And then go, yeah, main dialogue. Yeah. And I've, and then some of those movies I haven't watched in forever. It's weird. The brain's crazy thing. I know it stores sometimes the most useless of shit. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you. What? I tried to buy a car the other day. Mm-hmm. I could I couldn't even buy a car for sticker price. Really? Has that ever happened in the history of everything? No. Yeah, literally, I was willing to pay sticker price, and they're like, "Nah, it'd be six grand more." And I was like, "Nah, you can go fuck yourself." And they won't respond to. It. It's funny because the dealership, which is Jeff Weiler, I'm not going to be shy about saying it. Go fuck yourselves. You're all a bunch of fucking tool bags. Um, they specifically the Hyundai, uh, Jeff Weiler, like did the whole bait and switch. I get there, test drive this car. I really liked it. I don't know if you ever looked at the Elantra ends. They're really cool. It's like a fucking sports car. They're really fun to drive. And I was like, I need a new like daily driver. So I was willing to just, pay full price for it. Like trade in the Kia, put some money down and go about my business. Right. That's what I was willing to do. Mm-hmm. Like I get the economy. I get it right now. Like I'm happy to pay full price for it. I get what it's like. And they're like, nah, you're not going to pay full price. You're going to pay $6,000 above full price. And I was like, no. And the guy was like, well, he's like, I knew you didn't come down here because you don't want the car. I was like, listen, I live 15 minutes away and I don't think you understand me as a human being. I don't give a shit. I don't care if I leave with this car. You don't get it. You're more desperate to sell it than I am to buy it. I fucking promise you that. And I told him, I was like, I have three cars. I don't need another car. He's like, but you want it. He kept, he was saying, dude, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren is sitting next to me and Lauren's like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like in front of that dude's face. <laughs> like she was pissed about it. Dude, they were dicking me around the whole time. Worthless trade in value on my Kia is number one. That's irritating as shit. And then they kept trying to sell me this, this protection. This is called Pulse, mm-hmm. which is like an integrated brake light that flashes instead of just like a, a solid red. It'll flash when you hit your brakes. And it's supposed to capture the attention of the people behind you to make sure you don't get rear-ended because so many people these days are on their phones texting and they're not paying attention when they're driving. And I was like, what does a red light do on the back of a vehicle? I don't know. Yeah. What's funny about it is like the guy was telling then dude, they push it hard. And then I was doing research and people even said at dealerships, they push it so hard because they probably make an insane amount of money. Because when you look at how much these Paul's module units cost, cost, they cost like 20 bucks, but they sell them yeah. for a thousand. They sell them yeah, for thousand dollars and they're just a connected module. That's it. Like you could do it yourself and it would take you like 10 minutes. So I declined it. I said, no. And they were literally like refusing to decline it, even though it was an optional item. Like they were hell bent on making sure that this was a part of the invoice amount. And I was like, maybe, maybe that's all they had on the existing models that they had in the lot. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. what like They all on. had it. <laughs> There's some shady shit going on because they already have them. I don't know if they're pre-installed. <clears throat> they're not pre-installed. They, I guess they install them for you, but it's obviously a high amount of margin for them, which is why they push them so hard. And then some like nano, whatever protection, like, you know, cushion protection, mm-hmm. and interior protection. And I was, I just kept going, no. And the guy's like, what if I give it to you for cost? I'm like, I don't, you don't understand what the word no means. Do you like, you don't, it's not processing in your brain. Like you don't under, when I say no, it's not room for negotiation. It actually means no. And what really pisses me off is that my occupation for the past 15 years has been sales. Don't fuck with someone that knows this shit a hundred times better than you do. Like you're fucking, like I'm not even trying to be ego. You're fucking with an expert. Like don't fuck with an expert. Like you need to know who you're talking to. So when I say no, I actually mean no. And I told the guys like, you don't understand. There is no room for negotiation here. It's either I do this at this cost you nix out this part and you give me this amount on a trade-in or it's not going to happen and I'm just going to walk out the door. And I was like, I'm totally cool with doing that. You don't understand. I'm not trying to negotiate with you. It's either this or it's nothing. And I'll take my car back home with my other fleet of cars and I'll go about my business as I always have. And he literally came back and he, he was like, he's like, I think we can strike a deal. <laughs> I was like, no, we can't. I'm out of here. It fucking walked up and left. That was it. That was it. And then they kept sending me. So then they're sending me emails. Like they have all the follow-up emails. Like, how's your experience? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm upset. We couldn't make a deal. How can? We? And I've literally responded twice, and they have not answered because what I responded with is not what they want to hear. What I responded with was dogging their goddamn dealership for being shady ass motherfuckers, and they didn't want to hear that. So no one's responded to me at all. They just like they fucking completely ignored everything I said. And I was like, and I literally, my last sentence was, and this is exactly why people hate the car buying experience because you're all a bunch of shady motherfuckers. Here, we'll do a little role play exercise for 
listeners who might be in this industry who want to sell a vehicle, Corey, you're a customer. You come in, you see this new Hyundai Elantra 2023 model. You love it. Test drove it. Mm-hmm. Did around the block. Love the car. Stark charcoal. Love it. You say to me, I think I want to buy it. Yeah. You ask me, how much is it? I'll say $33,000. Whatever the cost is. What was it? 33 roughly? It was actually close. 35. Okay. $35,000 okay. sticker price. All right. I'll take it for sticker price. Here's where you win. Done. That's it. Done. Dude, I would have bought it for sticker. Literally, what was <laughs> on the fucking sticker price? I'd have been like, cool, let's try to get the paperwork. But Let the me go get the shady, paperwork started. The shady ass fucking problem was this motherfucker walks up with a contract. <laughs> and at the top was the new contract price, which was $41,000, $6,000 more than sticker. Mm-hmm. And there was all the other stuff below it. And he wanted to ignore that. He went right down to the payment option. So you're going to finance it for 48 months, 60 months. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I literally, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's go back up to the top. I was like, what's that number? (laughs) And he was like, well, there's a market fluctuation amount and it's due to supply and demand. You know, all the, and I was like, whoa, no, 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 no. I'm not buying it for $41,000. And then that's when they kept thinking that there was room for negotiation. Like, we'll take a thousand. Like, and then they go, well, that, (laughs) well, we'll give you the pulse protection thing it costs. I was like, no, remember when I said, I don't want that. I meant it. I don't want it at all. It's an optional item. It is not a required safety feature. If it was, it'd be like a seatbelt and it would already be manufactured in the car. And that's not what it is, which makes it optional and not required, which means I can tell you to take it off. And they did not want to do that at all. They were hell bent on selling me that pulse protection plan, hell bent on it. And so we went through that whole thing. I was like, take it the fuck off. And I was like, this number's not going to work. And my trade-in value is not going to work. You literally were too dumb to show me what the KBB trade book value was because the guy accidentally handed me the piece of paper. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh God. And they wanted to give me $1,200 less than that on the trade in value. I was like, Hey, I see the paper. (laughs) I see the report that you ran. (laughs) You're going to give me that amount or this isn't going to happen. And they kept going back to like, you know how they always go back to the monthly payment because their flexibility is not in the cost of cards. Like, well, we'll make your payments on And I literally, I, I had to pull this and I don't like fucking doing this because it's kind of a shitty thing to do. But when I was like put in that situation, I was like, you don't understand. I don't have a problem paying anything for this car. If I had to write you a check right now for sticker price, I could do it and not blink a fucking eye. I'm telling you, that's not my issue. So you can stop talking about the payment options because I don't care about those. If I want to pay cash for it, I'll pay cash for it. It's the overall total of the car that I am in firm disagreement of. And literally the guy goes, well, you know, there's not another one of these within 300 miles. And I was like, then go ahead and sell this for $41,000 to someone who doesn't fucking know how this thing works. It's not going to be me. And that's when he kept thinking there was room to negotiate with me. And I was like, you know, I was like getting up. I'm like, you're not hearing me. I'm not buying it for 41. I'll buy it for sticker. You'll give me this for the trade-in, which is fair. I wasn't trying, like, you know me, I I don't beat people up over anything. I've been, I've been doing sales professionally at a high Mm -hmm. level for many years. I don't beat Mm -hmm. people up over anything. I understand what value is and I'm willing to pay full price for a vehicle. And I'm asking you just to be fair with me on the trade. (laughs) I'm not even asking for more than fair because you know how it is in the used car market right now. Everything's going for a lot more money. I could ask more for the trade. I said, just give me what's fair. Give me what's on the fucking piece of paper that you ran. Mm-hmm. That's the fair value. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we can't do that. And I was like, see you later. I'm out. Yeah, you definitely didn't pull a dad. No, I wasn't beating him up at all. And like, I never do that. I never do that. But when you do some shady shit and you do this bait and switch mm-hmm. stuff, dude, I got amped real fast. Now, the problem is, is the car is really fun to drive. It's mm-hmm. a really cool car. Like, it really is a fucking fun car to drive. I don't know if you've seen them, but like once the episode's ever look up the Elantra in, okay. you'll, be, you'll be highly impressed. It's a fucking cool ass fucking car. Super fun. It's got like racing seats in it and shit. It's fucking fun. It's really fun to drive. Like even Lauren's like, holy shit, this thing is awesome. I was like, it's really cool. Now here's the reality. And this is what I said to Jeff Weiler. I was like, the good part about this is that 
when the economy takes a shit, I'm going to come back to you and go, I'm going to need you to give me fair market value on this car. I'll take it for 30. Because if the market value can go up and you feel the need to increase it, when you have all these cars sitting on a lot that you can't fucking sell, I'll be back. I'll give you 30. I'll give you $5,000 less than what sticker is. Yeah. And maybe then we'll come to a deal that makes sense for everybody. Yeah. But they didn't realize I wasn't in a rush to buy a fucking car. I wanted a new car. I don't need a new car. I think they presume that everybody is in a position where it's like, I have to get a new car. Yeah. And you know me, that's not me at all. Like I'm not, I, I, that's not maybe me literally at all. Yeah. Maybe they're like families growing. They got another vehicle or their current car is on the shit. Some people do. And I feel bad for those people because those people Mm -hmm. get caught in that shit where they're Mm -hmm. like, you know, if they say, Oh, well, market value is an extra $3,000. And you're like, Oh, my, my other car is too small to fit these twins that I just gave birth to. Yeah. I have to get an SUV. They don't have a fucking choice. But for me, I have a choice and they didn't understand that. Like, this is the funniest part is like, they just weren't listening to me. I was like, you're salespeople. Your whole job should be to listen. The wants, desires, the needs. It's a needs analysis. That's what you do. You, what you do is you solve a pain. You solve a problem for me. And I'm telling you what my problem is. You even ask me and I'm still telling you what my problem is. And you're just at a complete refusal to solve it. Like your job I mean, is to do It could that. have been a, could have been a totally different conversation if they identified the need was you have no need for this vehicle. I didn't have a need for that. That's the funny thing. It's like, I just wanted it. I it could have been a totally different conversation where it'd be like, oh, well, you know, I know you're kind of looking around, but listen, this is what we're selling it at. So, you know, we're not really going to back down on the price. And you'd be like, okay. <laughs> dude, if they would have said that, I would have been totally fine. I fucking told the dude. I was like, you want to sell it to 40? If, if this car is worth that much fucking money, Mm-hmm. And you say there's not another one within 300 miles, which is a lie because I've already called other dealerships. They're available. If you're telling me right now is the only one in 300 miles, then list it for 41 and sell it for 41. Mm-hmm. If there are so many goddamn people looking at this car, by the way, that is in another parking lot in the back of a bowling alley covered in bird shit. Mm-hmm. If you're saying that this is the car everyone's looking at and it's in high demand, then go and sell it for 41,000. Right. I'm not your buyer. Right. And that's fine. You're going to yeah. sell it anyway. Why are we yeah. even having a conversation? I literally let the guy go, why are we even having a conversation? If you can sell it right now for 41, you would have people lined up behind me looking mm-hmm. for this car. Mm-hmm. Look over my shoulder. Hold on. See, Sebastian no alone. He drives a Hellcat. I see uh, old Mr. Fucking wrinkled Jack Nicholson over here. Probably drives a Porsche. Mm-hmm. I don't see anyone looking for a Honda Elantra in. I don't see anyone else in that dealership even ask for that fucking car. Mm -mm. You have so many buyers coming from other states buying cars. Oh, really? The funny thing is, is I looked back online yesterday and it's still available. Car's still sitting in the lot. So clearly you don't have that much attention around it. And guess what? I was willing to buy it for the price that was on the fucking sticker. It's like going on a speed date and you're talking to the person across from you but you're so pretentious that you have such high standards that this person speaks about one thing that you find mildly off-putting and you're like, nope, that's it. And you don't even realize that was the woman of your dreams you just passed up. Yeah. yeah. That's them. Dude, I was the woman of their dream. You were the woman. I could have bought that car. Dude, I was almost, well, I haven't even thought about this because I, you know, I've bought and sold so many cars. Yeah. I've never bought one in cash before. Too I, always, many. I was financed to way too many. And you know, I've had the three vehicles that I have now. You've had them for a while. Kia, I've had my Eva the longest. It's been over eight years. Mm-hmm. It was eight years in April. My Kia will be eight years, August 21st, which is my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I've had my truck for four years. I've had my vehicles for a long time. I used to buy and sell cars every year on an interval. Like it was like years up, mm-hmm. time to buy another. And that's what mm-hmm. I did. So I haven't bought a new car in a while. And so my Kia is getting older. It's got a lot of miles on it. And I need a better car for when I travel for work. And I wanted something kind of fun again. Like I wanted something fun for like a daily driver. The key is not fun mm-hmm. for a daily driver. And my Evo, I have pretty much just said, I'm holding on to it for value. I'll drive it sparingly, maybe a couple of times a year, but it will be a garage car. Like it will mm-hmm. stay in the garage until I'm 80 years old. And mm-hmm. when I decide to sell it for hundreds of thousands of dollars, because all the other vehicles on the road will be electric. And I'll have the only fucking gas powered monster on the road. Minus like people who have like Mustangs and Camaros and all that mm-hmm. shit. But that's my whole intention. But I wanted something fun to drive as a daily driver. 
And I was willing at that point, like if they would have literally said like, all right, we'll give it to you for sticker, but you have to pay cash. I would have done it. I'd have wrote him a check right there. Like done. I'll do that. Cause then I don't have to finance it. I just own it outright. That's, that's great. I don't have to pay interest. Like I would have done that deal. I would have done that deal, but they're like, nah. All right, cool. And then there was a weird, and I don't want to stay on this topic too long, but it was a kind of a weird exchange at first because I said, is this car still available? I just called them and they're like, yeah, but there's a recall on the call or on the car. And they didn't tell me what it was, but it was a seatbelt issue. Mm. There's a little gas chamber in the seatbelt that was blowing up. The <laughs> gas it. chamber? And a little tiny gas chamber in the seatbelt. And I don't know what it's for. Like you can look it up. It's very, com- it's, it's really common on all these new Hyundais. So they have to go through all these recall processes, right? Yeah. And they said, no, we can't sell it to you because of this, uh, this recall. We should be able to sell it to you in August. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. I was like, okay, no, no worries. Like, again, not in a rush. So then I literally just leave it alone and I get a call from them later in the day. And they're like, hey, we can sell you that Elantra. And I was like, what about the recall? And they're like, don't worry about that recall. <laughs> I was like, did you fucking fix it? Or like, or is the seatbelt going to blow up on me if I get in a car accident? What's going on? Is there something shady going on there? There's definitely something shady. That's very odd. Yeah. It's very odd. Anyway, let's get off this topic. All right. You know, I'm getting to the point now, my age, my health, the fact that, you know, I've become, I, I've gotten all this social anxiety that I don't even want to leave my house anymore. The thing is, like, I still want to smoke cigars at home, but I sure as shit do not want to leave my home. Yeah, well, you're perpetually sick, so there's I'm a societal sick. responsibility that you have as well. I just wish there was, like, some way for me to, like, buy cigars without having to think about it. I think I have the medicine for you. Mm. My cigar pack. Curated packs come straight to your door every single month. Is it? Five pack of cigars, specially handpicked for you. And you can also subscribe to the Factory Direct program and get cigars that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, as long as it covers the Omnicom variant, I'm good. <laughs> I heard they show up in hazmat suits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure that safety and protection are at top of mind. That's so good. you can visit My Cigar Pack, www.mycigarpack.com to support all their options. Again, that's www.mycigarpack.com. It's been a few weeks since we've done these. We were going to have Matt Booth on today. So obviously Matt Booth is not right now. And I said, hey, Matt Booth is going to be on this week. And I lied. Well, I didn't lie. Matt Booth lied. Matt lied to us before we even asked them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt lied. He was going to be on the show today. He'll be on next week. So I already have him scheduled for next week. He couldn't make this one um, uh, conflicting schedule, which is fine. Shit happens. Um, so we're going to do an overrated, underrated today. And uh, we're going to do the fun spinny wheel. Couldn't resume, reserve a booth this time. So we got to sit down at a table this time. Yep. It's all good, though. I'm really excited to talk to him. And I was prepared to talk to him today. But I'm kind of glad we can just do like a fun, jovial episode and not have to be like on, you know? Not that we really yeah. have to be on with Matt, but like there's a lot of shit that's going on in the cigar world right now. And I feel like the conversation is going to intensify. So I've already got some ideas to prepare myself for such a discussion. Right, good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're, this will be the first one you prep for. So mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Let's get into this. <laughs> <laughs> spinny, spin. Can you hear that? Yeah. You can hear the little spinny guy? All right. Here bit. we go. Oh. oh. <clears throat> Blackbird cigars. Overrated, underrated Blackbird cigars. This is an interesting one. This yeah. is really interesting. Um, should you start or should I start? I got. I feel like I have a... I'll start with the obvious. If you listen to the first half of this episode, you would notice that we have such a strong disdain for birds. <laughs> <laughs> These winged creatures are not favorable in our eyes. <laughs> um, I think... Hmm... This is an interesting one. I might get some backlash on this one a little bit, but I'm going to go out there and say it. I think from a character perspective of the owner, and I think what the brand is trying to accomplish, but then comparing it to even the price of the cigars, I have to say maybe a little mildly overrated. Mm. Mm. Okay. A little bit. Just a little. I think the redeeming quality is the price point for me. Yeah. 
But everything else that I think the brand represents and the type of cigars that it promotes seem a little bit off for what it is, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get you. So I um I kind of agree. I do think they're a little bit overrated and, and mostly for the fact that like there's a few cigars I think that are in the Blackbird lineup that I think are good. I think they're mm-hmm. staple cigars and they're some of the original release stuff. Um I think they've done a good job from a branding perspective, a creativity mm-hmm. perspective. I don't think yeah. it always lands. I think there's a certain lane that Blackbird can maximize their efforts in, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's the whole industry. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I use Fuente as an example. Everyone smoked Fuente. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to smoke a Blackbird. There's going to be certain people. Cause I think the cigar is like, you know what it's like? It's like Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah. Let me take it a step further. It's like FUBU, it's like a FUBU brand. Like we serve people that really fucking love the brand and they're yeah. on the brand and that's going to be their brand. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean it in that way. I'm trying to be careful about what I'm saying because I don't mean it that way. It's not a racist thing. It's that it's specifically designed and tailored for a certain demographic. And I think that's what their cigars are. I think their cigars fit a certain mold. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're very broad based. I don't think they're meant yeah. to be broad based. One thing I've always given Blackbird credit for is the consistency in their brand. Yeah, for sure. That is one thing that I really like about them, and I like that it's very unique. I do think they have good cigars. I don't think they have amazing cigars. I don't think they have poor cigars. I think they have good cigars. I really liked what I smoked. Again, the original stuff that came out, I really liked the cigars. I have to be honest with you. I haven't had some of the releases since then. They did some special edition store stuff, and it was all in alignment with the bird thing. I will say this. So um, the Bird Down podcast, they have their new release out, which is done by Blackbird, but I don't think it has a bird name. I don't think it's bird associated at all, but it was them that did it. Um, so I am curious about how that one smokes. It's not that I shy away from their cigars, but I just think it's. Well, we don't readily get them unless you're at a large. No, we don't. We don't. They're not, they're not really widely available where we're at. There's some Votolas that are at B and G's, which are little mm-hmm. cigar lounge. They took on some of the inventory. The unkind. I think, and the I think they took on some of those, but those pre-release, those packs, the, the uh-huh. predetermined packs, which is fine. Um, but it's not like, I don't look at those cigars and go, God, I have to have them. The one that was kind of weird and trippy for me was that macaw that had the uh, the QR code that went to the augmented reality bird. That was kind of weird. You know, I was trying to shoot a video of that thing leaning on my penis and I couldn't figure it out. Were you hard, not hard enough? Yeah, I, <laughs> apparently not, but it didn't recognize my penis as an object of which it wanted to land on. <laughs> So I was I was what I was gonna do was shoot a video and then blur my penis out but have the bird lane on it where it'd be like very obvious and I couldn't get the fucking thing to work. I couldn't <laughs> get it to land on my it like you know I like fucking rise up and then yeah. with it and like settle. It's just like like I don't know maybe I, I my dick's probably too small. It's probably <laughs> like the limb's not big enough for me to land on. I'm a macaw, goddamn it, not a parakeet. <laughs> So I thought that was a little strange. I think it was, but here's the thing. I admire the creativity. It just, some things fucking miss. You know what I mean? Like some things are just like, I don't give a fuck. And then we also live in this world that we really try. I think a lot of people are very active saying like, it's about the fucking cigar. Fuck all the other shit beyond. It. And they, there's the creative aspects. And, you know, that's where I kind of give a lot of credit to Matt Booth. Who's like, does things creatively, but doesn't like, they're never really too far off the rails where you're like, what the fuck was that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's so applicable, mm-hmm. but it's creative at the same time. Matt missed the boat though, man. With what? His cigars and his brands. Why he didn't combine all three where he did gin infused tobacco. Oh yeah. With an actual jewelry band as the label on the cigar. It's never, sold it. it's never too late. Could have sold it for like a hundred dollars. Back to so, oh, that one that had the cock ring on it. Yeah. So he could have done that easily. Yeah. Although I feel like that'd be an expensive cigar. I don't think his jewelry is cheap. No. But um, back to Blackbird. I'm I'm gonna say slightly overrated. Yeah, just slightly. And I don't hate them at all, really. I like the ones I smoke because they have a lot of Dominican tobacco, which of course I'm I'm in favor of. And I think they've done a good job. I mean, obviously they've expanded, they've grown considerably over a period mm-hmm. of time. But I do think that there's a certain lane that they're going to be in and they're going to maximize their opportunities in that lane. But I don't think they have necessarily long term and have that like wide span, um, aggressive, you know, output into the industry. I think it's going to be fairly segregated. But we'll see. I mean, hopefully they prove me wrong, but I'm going to say slightly overrated. Um, moving on. Ready? Mm hmm. 
Oh, fuck. Warp. Ah. <laughs> uh, um. Huh. This is uh Well, this is awkward. <laughs> um um and mostly because I haven't really thought about it. You know what? This is going to be different. It's going to be a difference of opinion, I think. I think Warp's relatively underrated. Yeah? Yeah, so let me explain. Okay. So I think the releases that Warp does that are fucking really good, they're so goddamn good. You know, Kyle Gillis is a squirrely character. He's an emaciated 126-pound redhead with a giant beard. He looks like one giant human pube. And that's fine. But damn, does he make fucking good cigars. And his best cigars, and I've said this before, are the ones that are sub $10. Yeah, no. Yeah. Best fucking cigars are the ones that aren't expensive. What's like that? Loud Hopper. The, La, the, the uh, La Hacienda. Um, the What is it? The, uh, fu, the fum, Fumar. Uh, Although the Law Command is also pretty rad. Um, I feel like my internet's choppy. It was a little bit. Yeah. It, what about that La Honeycomb one? Whatever was that? Yeah, one? the La Camina. That's a good cigar. But what was it? But there was like that special release of it. What was that? I forget. Like, oh, the black. Um, it was like a was named after a hornet or mm, something like that. Yeah, a black hornet. I forget. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> remember. But dude, he's got some fucking killers in his lineup. And I love a good warp cigar. I really love a good warp cigar. I don't think warp gets enough credit. And I think part of it is because like Kyle Gillis isn't necessarily like all that active and pushing his stuff. I feel like he's pretty quiet. He's like just, I'm going to come out with these good releases and you fucking love them or hate them. I'm not going to be this like character on social media. I'm not, that's not who he is. It's not what he does. His engagements to a minimum. I think he's a real craftsman when it comes to these things where it's like the whole concentration, the whole idea is like, output of the best stuff and i admire that to the nth degree um so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go underrated i'm gonna go slightly underrated slightly not super underrated but i'm gonna say slightly underrated because i think a fucking good warp cigar like if i were to talk to the average joe like you ever heard of warp cigar I'd be like who yeah i know monte cristo and blah 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 but like dude this is the shit like smoke that goddamn cloud hopper for fucking seven dollars and tell me it doesn't blow your tits off it's a great cigar. So I'm going to go slightly underrated. What do you think? Slightly underrated. Hmm. Well, he's certainly slightly under six feet. He's a small human being. You know, part of when you fight someone is physically sizing them up. Mm -hmm. And then there's, I think there's the crazy part. There's like mm -hmm. the crazy aspect, right? It's like, who's this as a person? <laughs> Like, how scrappy are they going to be? Yeah. I would look at Kyle Gillis and go, physically, I'm literally going to pick him up by his shoulders and slap him around like a rag doll. Yeah. But he's got a look in his eyes. He's got a crazy about him. He's got that look. I kind of don't want to fuck with him. He's got that look like he's he'll fucking take like a, a pair of nunchucks out of nowhere and beat the shit out of you with him. He reminds me of a guy that would just pick up a bar stool and break it across your neck. Yeah. So I, I don't know that gives I would me Bruce Lee vibes. That's what he, that he gives me Bruce Lee vibes. Like he's just like, <laughs> like <laughs> and just fucking take it out on you. And before you know it, you're waking up from a, like, like you're blacked out and you wake up and like, did I win? And like, dude, he beat the fuck yeah, out of you. Think he's the kind of person that like just secretly does jujitsu and you know, yeah, like, for like, sure. he's like a black belt and you're like, Whoa. yeah. It's mm -hmm. possible. It's possible. Yeah, he's kind of a guy I don't think I want to fuck with. No. I'd, I'd be really good friends with Kyle if he would just let me in. He's been reluctant to do so. <laughs> yeah. It's like I think he's I think he's out of room for new friends cuz yeah, especially me. All like, the, all I feel the like it's like I cannot handle this personality. <laughs> fuck that. He seems like a quiet kind of reserved guy. He seems and pretty quiet. He's, he's a craftsman and I'm not. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm a fucking I'm a wild beast. Like I Yeah. 
you can't tame me. I'm I'm like uh, Siegfried and Roy's fucking tiger. There's no way. I'm yeah. eventually I'm gonna bite you. Yeah, I think um, I think back in the day I would have been quick to say they were slightly overrated, mm. but um, I think the more I look at just the nature of the lane that they've managed to comfortably fit in, yeah, I feel like they're I think they're appropriate. Mm. They're they're kind of this. They still have this quaintness to them. It's a good word. Yeah, like I agree with that. But quality at the same time, like a like a really well operated, like mom and pop shop. Like everybody yeah, knows they're, they're like good. a corner staple store that right. everybody fucking loves. But they're yeah. not Walmart. But yeah, it's but like they're never going to go out of fucking business because everybody just like right such a good experience. It's that. Yeah, dude, that is weird. It has that kind of association, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what they're like. So I think they're appropriate. Yeah. Okay, I would get, yeah, I, appropriate, I think, is appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said slightly underrated because I think some people just haven't been exposed to some of the really good tobacco that Kyle uses. Maybe Don't forget, little... he does some of the pipe tobacco stuff, too, which I still that's need true. to get hands on. I and coffee. Coffee, wine, all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. I need to get some of that pipe tobacco for the winter. I've I had my eye on a few of the blends that he has that I think I'm going to pick up. Because um, once it gets cold again, here's the thing. It, we're just getting the heat of the summer. But as yeah. soon as it got here, it's going to be gone. Like summer's going to be a fleeting thought in a short period of time. And I got to prep myself for fall and winter. And I really want to get balls deep into a pipe this year. Like mm-hmm. I'm very much like going to be all about the pipe. Once, once it gets October, like mid-October, Mm-hmm. The gear switch for me, man. Right now, it's cigars and tequila, cigars and tequila, cigars and tequila. Yeah, it's good when choice. it comes winter time, it's gonna be pipe and whiskey. It yeah. just changes, man. It's just like I'm going with the seasonal rotation here. So I want to get some of his pipe tobacco, which is interesting because it's interlaced with, of course, cigar tobacco, which is great. like I really, really want to try it. And I've heard really like the things. inverse of what Saka did. Saka introduced pipe tobacco into cigars Correct. where Gillis Flips is putting cigar tobacco into pipe tobacco, which I'm really excited to try. I've heard really good things. Hey, from some of the ones he has. What do you think the region of tobacco is from? The floor sweepings of Agonorsa. <laughs> Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, all right, let's do one more and then, and then we'll be done. We're only going to do three this time. We're gonna That's keep- fine short and sweet dude there's some, there, i'm looking at some of the ones on here and i was like if it lands on this one what are we gonna do <laughs> too much to talk about with this one. Oh shit it just snuck over i thought it was gonna hit aj fernandez and hit alec bradley oh this is alec bradley problem. yeah mm. so alec bradley is very interesting to me because if you were to ask me uh, a couple years ago i'd be like not a fan I'm not a fan of Alec Bradley cigars. And we had Bradley on the podcast and it was one of my favorite interviews. He's such a cool dude, even though he looks like a drug runner. Then we had Alec in a private sesh there. We had Bradley in the private session or Bradley in a private session. That's right. And then I met with, um, I get him mixed up, but it's Bradley. I met Bradley in person. Do we have Bradley on the podcast and Alec in person? Yeah. Was it or was it the other way? Yeah, we had Bradley on the podcast. We had Alec on the private session, and then I met Bradley in the cigar lounge. I know it's hard sometimes because they're fraternal twins. <laughs> yeah, they're like nothing alike. Uh, <laughs> different ages, four, like four years apart. But both of them, both of them are cool as shit. Yeah, they are very cool. Like guys. super fucking nice, cool dudes. And there is an aspect to this industry. Where it's like you want to buy product from cool people, but then there's also the other aspect of the industry, like who we are and I know my internet I feel like it's cutting out again because I can see it cutting out as long as you've got your recording on your end bro that's all yeah, that matters I think we're good um uh I don't know what's eating all of it up I should it's, I've never really had this problem before um so both of them are cool dudes and by association you want to buy product from cool dudes but also there is the focus that we've intentionally had on cigars for a long time it's like I can really love you as a person but if I don't like your cigars I'm going to tell you um, and I was very candid with Bradley when I talked to him in person that there are certain cigars that I just felt like were very subpar. 
Then they started doing their Alec and Bradley cigars. They like the Gatekeeper, which is really highly rated. You have the Kintsugi. There's other cigars that they have intentionally worked on bringing, I think, cigars into this next generation. And they've done a really good job of it. That Kintsugi, and I've said it before, and I probably say it at nauseum. People are like, okay, yeah, we're fucking over it. Is such a fucking good cigar. Like if you really think about it and you really break it down, if I were to blind review that cigar, give samples to 10 people, I guarantee it would be an overwhelming, wow, this is incredible. Strip it of everything you know about Alec Bradley and Alec Bradley's past. You would think it's an incredible cigar. It is very, very fucking good. Gatekeeper, great cigar, drastically different from the Kintsugi, but great cigar. I think they're doing really good stuff. So if you were to ask me 10 years ago, I would have said super overrated. Mm -hmm. If you were to ask me now, I'd say appropriate. I think they fit so well in this, in this space. I don't like the gimmicky shit that Alec Bradley does. I've made that very clear. I don't like that stuff, but if they do a really good job of a core cigar and I was love, I'd love to see Kintsugi was in the top 25. Was it 25? Was it the, the worst of the best? Yeah. But dude, that's still no. saying something. It's still funny. Cigars are out there. Like, exactly. Yeah. It was such a good cigar. I think the Kintsugi was so fucking good. I love that cigar. Every time I see it on show, I just buy one. Every time I go to a BM, I just pick up a Kintsugi. It's just like by nature. It's how much I love it. And it's usually a cigar good. that I'll smoke. Price point's great. Cigar's amazing. So my my opinion is different, not because I know them now, but because I've seen the progression that they've made in the industry over a period of time. And I'm on board with that. And I'm an open-minded person. There's a lot of closed-minded people in the cigar industry that'd be like, if they ever had an association with Alec Bradley that's been negative, it's like forever negative. I'm never going to give him another chance. Fuck these. And you know what? Your opinion is your opinion. And I respect that. I am mm. very open-minded and I'm not, although critical because of what we do, I'm not ultra critical to where my opinion can't change. And my opinion has changed on their brand. And I really, really enjoy it. I've enjoyed the stuff that they've come out with in, in recent years. I think it's been really good. It's my kind of tobacco. I did find myself buying some Alec Bradley at uh, Jungle Gyms, funny enough, a little oh, less than a month ago. I bought some Kintsugis. Yep. And um, I never would have done that in the past, but I did really like that cigar when I smoked it for the first time when they so graciously... Um, allowed us to acquire them for free um <laughs> yeah and uh yeah i mean i i'm i'm all i'm game for i'm game for the uh underdog stories and the comebacks i really am like I, i'm i'm very very few times have i just been so adamant that once i say never again right that i stick to it yeah no, you know? it actually challenges me a lot of times to go back to something. And right. I did it before. Right. That's why is my prime example of that. Right. Like I haven't been to an Applebee's in a good six or seven years because there was a point where it started to go to shit. And I'm like, never again. But, but damn you, you want to go get that French but onion soup. But lately, <laughs> lately when I see those craving. signs still pop up on the sides of the highway on that exit. You're craving some chicken chunks. I kind of want some potato skins, right? Some chicken chunks and buffalo doused in buffalo sauce, some mozzarella sticks. Their food is atrocious. If you really think about it, it's <laughs> so bad. It's really disgusting. So I, I'm never the type to say never ever again. Yeah, there's very few things I'm like that with. Yeah. So it was it was pleasant to come back to them. I would say. I would say they're appropriate. Yeah, I think they're appropriate for sure. I Absolutely. think they've created. I think they've carved and created a nice lane for their business going forward. As some of the things are passed from dad to sons, mm -hmm. I think they're taking it in the right direction. I think people really like the attitude and the energy of both Alec and Bradley as well, which I think is really cool. They're both super fucking cool dudes. Like there is that association that you're always going to love, admire, and respect about the people that you meet in the industry. And those people are, they're that, they're those people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's just who they are by nature. So, um, yeah, that's a good one to end on. I know we only did three, but I think there was enough conversation and, and topical dialogue where it was appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. Excited to, uh, to talk to Matt Booth next week. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, so stay tuned for that. We'll get into the details of the acquisition, which would be great. 
Um, you can check out the recent episode that we had where we break down the STG acquisition. I can hear you, but you've frozen. Um, the STG acquisition of Room 101, which is on the previous episode, that's 244. I made a mistake in saying that was episode 255. It's not 255, it's 244. This is episode 245. I kind of fucked up because I get my episodes mixed up. Um, but yeah, check that one out. I think it's super informative. If you really want to start thinking about where the industry could potentially go long-term and some trends that we may have seen long-term, um, listen to episode 244. I think you'll find it... Um, uh, I think you'll find it very informative. But anyway, we'll get more details next week with Matt Booth. I hope you enjoyed this episode of another overrated, underrated. And that will conclude episode 245 officially. We'll be back at you next week with episode 246. See everyone. Mm-hmm.